in case you missed it on Newsbreak. A Sunday afternoon on your dial with me, Tariya Shadi Pershad. A very good afternoon to you. Welcome to the program. It's where you get to hear cutting-edge current affairs every weekend between 12 and 1 o'clock with me. Now, today we have a very important and interesting discussion lined up. Um, and, and please forgive me if this just crosses any borders or hurts any sentiments, but I feel we've you know, spent 366 days focusing quite greatly on um, COVID-19, how to stay healthy against COVID-19, how to protect yourself, build your immunity, uh, whether it was mask wearing, social distancing, um, what to do if you have the virus, um, what to do if you take the vaccine. And I think at points, and this was interesting for me because at points I stopped even directing my attention to other health ailments. Um, and I feel that's a big disservice because e- even in a time of pandemic and in a time of COVID, other ailments still run concurrently. They don't stop. They don't know that, um, you know, all focus is now on the pandemic and the way to fight that. So I feel it's also important to focus on other aspects of health. It's also important to be talking about, um, you know, ways in which you could handle conditions that you already have or even prevent conditions from arising. So that brings us to a very important time coming through in early April. Uh, on the 7th of April, it's International Vein Week, uh, Vein, Vein Day, and it's an entire build-up because the World Health Organization themselves, what they plan on doing is um, from April the 5th to the 11th, you know, they're celebrating Health Week and they have a major emphasis on vein health. Now, what are we talking about when we speak about vein health? Obviously, we are going to be speaking to our expert on that point and we're going to find out about it. But I think the one that immediately comes to mind is uh, venous uh, thrombosis, deep vein thrombosis. Of course, that is something that a lot of people uh, suffer with. A lot of, uh, you know, it's a very common sort of um, ailment that... um, stunts and and really debilitates a lot of quality of life as we understand it you know um the disease in itself affects about 60 percent of people with leg ulcers even so it really has this way of just creeping up and 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 disturbing your quality of life so we can always be spending a lot of time uh, talking about that and enter then Dr. Vinesh Badiachi. He's a specialist vascular surgeon. He's, of course, based at Lenmed Itakweni Hospital and Heart Center. But I think very importantly for this particular conversation, he is one of the founding members of the South African Lymphatic Venous Disease Society. And so I'd love to introduce him now onto the program. Dr. Badiachi, welcome to Newsbreak Talk. Uh, thank you, Tarish. Uh, uh, thank you for uh, inviting me onto the talk. Um, you know, it's a good point you actually make there when you uh, when you when you introduce yeah. this, this this topic. Is we we've been talking so much about COVID. We've we are so scared of COVID and rightly so. But it's to the point that a lot of patients have forgotten to manage the other problems. They they've ignored the problems simply because the focus throughout this entire year has just been on COVID. And I think it's time that we except COVID is, is, is a deadly disease, but focus also on our current problems and what's still there, which is not going away. 
I think most definitely, most definitely said and um, I was particularly excited when I heard that the South African Lymphatic Venous Disease Society was um, was formed. I mean, it's the first of its kind in, in South Africa and, and so needed because, you know, you, we spend a lot of time talking about a lot of ailments and a lot of conditions, a lot of organ health. But I have to admit, this is the first time in my career that I'm talking about vein health. And I think from that perspective, Dr. Padiachi, Veins are so important because they make up or they keep organs functioning, don't they? Because they are in charge and responsible for the carrying of blood, of oxygenation. Am I correct? So help us understand then quickly the science of it. How integral are veins to the overall functioning of the, of the system? Okay, so, so generally when we speak of, of blood vessels, everybody thinks of arteries. Now... Your body has a heart, which is a pump. It pumps oxygenated blood out of the heart into arteries. From the arteries, it runs down into all of the organs, supplying all the organs with oxygen. But that blood has to come back. It has to come back towards the lungs. It has to come back towards the heart. And the way it comes back is via veins. So veins are an integral part of the body. If you don't have veins, or if the veins are dysfunctional, then that blood that need to come back to the heart and to the lungs to get oxygen can't happen. What would then potentially cause these blockages? I know we are going to go and talk about a bit more of those chronic diseases and of course we'll open up our WhatsApp line for, for some sort of guidance and advice in that regard. But you're saying, you know, that, that flow could be hindered. What are the things then that causes blockages in veins? So I think the 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 most common uh, conditions which lead to uh, vein problems are, are, number one, chronic venous insufficiency. That's where the, 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 the veins don't function properly in terms of carrying blood back. They, they tend to dilate, they tend to enlarge, and the valves in the vein don't function properly, and it sort of leaks blood backwards into the peripheries, into the tissues, into the legs, causing swelling of the legs, causing discoloration of the legs, causing pain. Uh, the cause of that is multifocal, and we can get into that a bit later. The other big, big uh, uh, cause of an obstruction in, in veins is DBT. DBT stands for deep vein thrombosis. That's where you, you, you develop clots in various veins in the body from various uh, uh, causes, and that, that clot obstructs adequate blood drainage from a particular limb or organ back into the heart. That sounds frightening. I mean, that you know that that what we understand of that um, cardiovascular system is that it needs to to constantly be flowing right in a in, in its um, designated spaces. And, and if there's a backflow, one can only imagine the level of toxins in that sort of backflow. Um, I want to talk about the society then. So. Like I said, this is you know qu quite an insight for many people to understand. What does this society, the South African Lymphatic Venous Disease Society, aim to do and achieve? And I know you've got a lot of engagements lined up. So, um, just you know, as, as a start, venous disease and, and lymphatic disease has largely been uh, ignored by the medical community 
for a long time. And the reason for that was for a long time, we, we didn't have uh, a lot of modalities to treat it. And so because we couldn't treat it properly, we often ignored it. Patients who had problems, we often told them, you know, sorry, there's nothing we can do. Just, you know, go get a pair of compression stockings and, and that's it. So for a large, for a long time, it, it's been ignored. You know, in, in our vascular conferences, for example, venous disease often got the last slot on the last day when, you know, everyone was going home. But what has changed over the last, I'd say, 10 years is that Therapies in managing venous and lymphatic disease have 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 sprung up, and we we are now able to deal with a lot of these problems which we couldn't in the past. And so, all over the world, there's been a focus towards dedicated venous and lymphatic societies. And us, when I say us, I mean um, there's there's three of us, three vascular surgeons. Uh, it's myself, Dr. Laura Redmond from Cape Town, and Dr. Martin Foley from uh, Cape Town as well. We we got together uh, while at an international conference, and we thought to ourselves, South Africa is lacking in this. The rest of the world is going ahead with these dedicated societies to focus on venous and lymphatic pathologies, but we are lagging behind. So we decided we will start this project. We will start the society, and the aim of the society is to highlight this problem, highlight this problem not only to practitioners, not only to doctors, surgeons, uh, lymphatic therapists, uh, wound care specialists, but also to patients. Part of the problem is patients don't know that there's a solution to their problem. And we started the society, uh, it, we launched it last year, July. Um, in South Africa, it's the first time we've had a dedicated venous lymphatic society. It is second. It's only the second society to 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 be launched in Africa. The other society is the Egyptian society, and we are in collaboration with them as well. Um, so it, it is quite a it's quite an exciting time to be uh, a venous surgeon and a vascular surgeon. Um, and we hope that this society is going to is going to take this pathology forward and be able to treat a lot of patients. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely something that uh, would provide a great deal of, of interest. And um, I want to also then talk to you about, um, you know, wh where does the problem in South Africa stand currently? You know, how many, uh, and I'd imagine possibly it is challenging to put a number to it, to put a, you know, a, a definite figure to the amount of people suffering um, with venous or lymphatic uh, diseases and issues in the country, but maybe if you could help me understand how widespread is this problem in South Africa? So, you know, part of the problem we have is that there's not enough research being done in this particular field of venous and lymphatic disease, especially in South Africa. And we, the data is unfortunately not there. But if we extrapolate from other countries, we know that, for example, with venous insufficiency in varicose vein, at least up to 40 to 50% of females will suffer from it. At least up to 30% of males will suffer from it. So we're looking at least half of the population having this problem. Um, and that makes it a significant problem. If you compare venous disease to what we all know, you know, coronary artery disease or peripheral arterial disease, Venous disease happens much, much, much more common than any of those pathologies. But simply because, you know, 
you you're unlikely to lose your limb from it. You're unlikely to 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 die from it. It's 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 ha- it has been ignored, and we're hoping to change that. You know, uh, Dr. Padiachi, of course, we're going to be talking about, um, I think, things like, you know, deep vein thrombosis, um, venous thrombo... I can't say this one properly, thromboembolism, I think it is. Uh, you'll help me with the pronunciation as we go about. But before we go there, right, because obviously these are major ailments and I do want to focus on them, I want to talk about general vein health, you know, and, and ultimately what I'm asking is how crucial is vein health? Because... For somebody who doesn't necessarily have uh, deep vein thrombosis or um, venous thromboembolism, for example, um, they could have an underlying or some sort of suppressed vein issue. Maybe they get pins and needles. You know, maybe they uh, feel completely fatigued because there's not a you know correct flow of, of of blood in the system. So help me understand those sort of fringe vein issues so that everybody at home can understand wait a second i need to take my vein health seriously because i may not have varicose veins but i do have veins and if they're underperforming it could have an impact on my day-to-day functioning so you know when you speak of veins the first thing everybody thinks of is varicose veins varicose veins is just a spectrum of 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 venous insufficiency and patients who suffer from this problem the, the, the common symptoms that they would feel is pain and heaviness in the leg, burning pain in the leg, especially towards the end of the evening. So, particularly the end of the day. So, you know, they get up in the morning, they're perfectly fine, the legs look great. But then after they've been on their feet the whole day, standing at work, by the evening the leg feels heavy, feels tired, feels achy, it's swollen. When they take their socks off, there's a, a ring around the ankle where the sock is making a mark in the in, in the tissues. Uh, as it progresses, they start to get discoloration of the skin, typically around the ankles, and it starts to develop ulcers on the ankle. Those are the typical types of symptoms that patients experience. And a lot of patients don't realize that a large proportion of their symptoms are actually as a direct result of them having venous insufficiency. In a more advanced so, so, case, sorry, what uh, deficiency? It's chronic venous insufficiency. Okay, yes. Uh, and obviously then, you know, you, you, you get your spider veins, your thread veins, your gross varicose veins, you know, looking like ropes running down the leg. Uh, those are more obvious, so, you know, where patients would know, yes, I've got a problem with my veins. But it's more the subtle symptoms that, that often I uh, are, are, are lost and are forgotten about. Well, and over time then, untreated, you know, uh, a heavy feeling in your leg or like you say these these yeah. you know a subtle ring around your ankle from from wearing socks and you keep that untreated over years what does that result in so the problem with 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 venous disease is it, it's often progressive so as time goes by it will get worse and as it gets worse what happens you you start to develop changes in your skin around the ankle they start to darken they start to harden and then eventually you'll end up with large ulcers forming around the ankle. And these ulcers are quite debilitating. They're very painful. They're very difficult to heal up. They they can ooze and weep a lot. Uh, the mobility from this type of pathology is is extensive. Um, yeah, so it, 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 it over time ends up getting 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 quite bad and it, it, it's quite compromising to patients. 
So, of course, those are the sort of lifestyle issues. But, you know, mm. when you look at it and the impact it has on um, other organs, um, what impact could, you know, poor vein health at some point have on the internal organs, which ultimately, you know, yeah. their job is to ensure that the body's functioning and staying healthy. But if there's poor vein health, are they able to serve that function? Remember, like I said, your body is a loop. It's, it's, it's a closed system of arteries and veins. And for the arteries to efficiently get your nutrients and your oxygen to the rest of the body, it has to be drained away efficiently as well. And by, the only way to drain it efficiently is by having a healthy venous system. And if the venous system is not healthy and performing a good job, then it impacts on your entire body. So your, your, your arterial system eventually will then get compromised. So it's, 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 it's all tied into one. You know, it, it's not just that varicose veins is going to, or venous insufficiency is going to cause your, your heart to fail or your kidneys to fail. No. And that's one of the reasons why it's been ignored, because it doesn't directly affect a particular organ or a particular part of the body. It's more the long-term suffering that patients have to go through. And if you speak to patients who have these ulcers and the uh, venous, uh, venous problems in their legs especially, they, they will tell you it is debilitating to them. They often can't work. They often can't stand for long periods of time. These ulcers are terribly painful. And it changes the quality of life. Um. Definitely. And I think some, some messages that are coming through on the program and we are going to go to, through it before we uh, talk about, you know, treatment and, and, and how to go about establishing um, better vein health. Please go ahead. If you have any, you know, sort of um, questions or even clarity, I think, that you would like uh, from Dr. Padiachi, go ahead. Please, you can send us a voice note. You can send us a text. We are talking about vein health. Um, and like I said at the outset, if you uh, may not suffer from a, a venous disease, you may not have a lymphatic sort of challenge, but you just want to query or question something, I think now is a good opportunity to get that conversation started on venous health and venous disease. Um, I look forward to taking all of that now in a short while. So um, let's go to WhatsApp, and uh, we've got Mr. Daniel Chillin. Hello. Hi, Clarice. This is Daniel Joshua Challen. I'm just a bit curious about veins and arteries. Are they the same or is there a difference between veins and arteries? Can the doc please uh, enlighten us with the difference between veins and arteries? Thank you and God bless you. Bless you too, Mr. Challen. Good question. I think um, doctor did start on that, but I definitely think we can definitely get more clarity on that. Swami Reddy, what a sweet message. I really appreciate it. He says, Happy Holi uh, from Swami Reddy. Swami, Happy Holi to you as well. Wishing you and um, those near and dear to you festivity and colour throughout. And we've got, um, I think, another voice note here from Denzel. Hello, Denzel. Namaskaram, uh, Taresh, and uh, to your guest. This question is to the doctor. I know a few people who are suffering of either varicose veins or some sort of veins problems. My mum-in-law has been for quite a few operations already uh, with respect to uh, varicose veins. 
and nothing seems to be coming right. Um, I'll overhear on here what is the best recommendation or advice. Thank you, Taresh, and thank you to your esteemed guest, Denzel Ramya. Namaskaram, Denzel. Thanks for that. We'll definitely take that conversation forward. Uh, Mr. Roy Singh, hello there. Hi, Daresh and the Newsbreak team. Uh, to the doctor, hello. I think it's a very interesting subject, uh, Doc, you have brought up. I'm one of those who's suffering from lymphedemia and my leg oozes a lot. Are there any preventative measures? Uh, I've even ordered that expensive bed, which I haven't taken yet, as yet. Uh, it's been over years, over 20 years, and gradually, whatever you have explained over the radio, that's what's transpiring on my leg. And uh, I would really appreciate if you give some advice. Thank you very much, Roy Singh Stanger. Definitely going to ask the doctor if he can provide some advice for you, Roy. Uh, let's go to another voice you note know, to see a lot of com- a lot of them coming through. Hello there. Tadesh Namaskaram, Steve Naid. I'm from Pantelrop. I had about vascular vein, cellulitis, dark skin on my feet for the last 25 years and had three operations on my vascular veins. Well, that's standing, I was shop owner, that's standing long on my feet and uh, going for a vascular operation is no no sense. It'll, 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 your veins will multiply. So you just got to use the vascular stockings and bandage and just look after yourself. Thank you, Danyabaro. Namaskaram, thanks for that. Let's go to another voice note. Hello. Good afternoon, Daresh. This is Julie Naidu from Pizza Maritzburg. I just want to ask the doctor a question regarding the veins. I've had mine stripped three times and uh, I've taken all the precautions of looking after my veins. I use my vein stockings, but now for about six months, I've noticed on my left leg, the veins are pulling and they are getting very, very thick. And I do have swelling by the ankles and I've started actually running now, you know, just to see if that's going to help me. But the leg does get very, very, very tired. Any advice, doctor? Have a good day. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, Bina Ramdhari. Om Sai Ram. I'd like to talk about the hospitals and the clinics, the government hospitals especially. Uh, all the patients that go there, they get their medication. They need to be reviewed because lots of people are taking the medication and leaving it at home and it gets expired and they throw it and some of them are selling the medication. Another thing is some patients are paying people to go to the hospital right up to 100 rand a month to go and collect their medication and even sign their pink cards at the doctors. If that is not fair, that's illegal. Sairam, Binaram, thanks for that. Um, yeah, definitely a fringe issue here on, on, on the topic about uh, general health care. Okay, so um, I'm going to go and get doctor to get some sort of advice with regard to these um, on our voice notes and 
when we come back, we'll go to some of your text messages. Doctor, I see a great deal of interest on the topic, and I'm actually quite excited about that because it just means that people um, either are taking Venus Health seriously or they're curious now. And I think that's a good sign for the society to know that there's definitely a dire need um, for your service. So uh, let's try and comb through some of the issues that were raised. And one of them, I think the first one, and you touched on it at the beginning, but maybe just a quick clarity, the difference between veins and arteries. Okay, so as I mentioned, your body has veins and it has arteries. Your your arteries are your slightly stronger vessels which carry blood straight from the heart out to all of your other organs, supplying them with oxygen and nutrients. The dead blood needs to now return back to the lungs and the heart to get more oxygen. And the way it gets, it gets back to the heart is it, it's by your veins. Your veins are slightly thinner walled in your arteries, and the veins carry blood without oxygen, the deoxygenated blood, back towards the lungs where they get more oxygen, goes into the heart, and gets pumped out again. So it's, it's, the veins are part of your, uh, your circulatory system uh, that brings the blood from the peripheries back into the heart and lungs. That's the, probably the, 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 the simplest way to explain what's the difference between veins and arteries. Mm, thank you for that, and I hope that definitely did make it quite quite easy to understand. Um, and so we've also had uh, you know a conversation there of of um, no help with with the varicose veins. I mean, surgeries later, and there just seems to be no relief in sight. Um, I think even Roy Singh also spoke about that. He yes. says for twenty years he's had he's had ulcers that are oozing. Yeah, it's a problem. Um, you know. So- Sounds stubborn, Doctor. So, Tarash, uh, I think, you know, what's important is for patients to understand the nature of, of uh, varicose veins and venous insufficiency. I often give my patients example of, you know, if you have appendicitis, we'll go in, we'll remove the appendix, and you'll never, ever have appendicitis again, simply because you have one appendix in your body. When it comes to varicose veins and, and venous insufficiency and venous disease, if you look at your legs, you have hundreds of veins in your legs. When we go in and we deal with the vein, be it by using stripping or foam sclerotherapy or radiofrequency ablation or laser ablation, whatever therapy we choose to use, we're dealing with that problem vein that's there now. But what can happen over time, especially if you are prone to a vein problem, what can happen over time is that veins that are completely normal now will start to stake up will start to take up strain. And over a period of years, they can become a problem later on. So patients often come to me and say, oh, but doctor, I've had a, a varicose vein operation done five, ten years ago, and look, I've got veins again. The doctor must have done something wrong. It's, 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 it's not that. It's just that varicose veins is not a once-off procedure. You know, we, we, we can't just treat you today and say, all right, goodbye, we'll never see you again. You have to follow up, you have to see your doctor, you have to continue with your conservative treatment. And yes, sometimes if we do one operation, we may have to follow it up with a second or third operation to get the entire uh, uh, pathology sorted out. So it's, it's not just a simple case of, oh, I've had very good surgery 20 years ago and now I'm still suffering. It's an ongoing problem which you have to manage ongoing chronically. 
I think that's important to understand when, when it comes to dealing with, with varicose veins. Yeah, that broke my heart just a little bit, Doctor. I mean, you know, you, you get the sense, like you, that appendix um, uh, example that you used, if you have appendicitis, yeah. the ones, you sort that out one surgery and you never have to worry about it again. Um, you know, it's just it's sad. But I think you've explained it wonderfully there. I mean, you know, you are going to have not just one vein in your body. You're going to have an entire Correct. network of, of, of veins that, um, that you know, could suffer the same fate. Um, on that point, and I know this is something we've got lined up for later on in our conversation, but I want to ask then, Doctor, from what you're saying, um, no cure then for a condition like this? Yeah, I think cure is a strong word. We, yeah, we yeah. I prefer to use manage. So we, we aim to manage your problem. And the way we manage it is we, we deal with the most acute part of your veins that you have now, the one that's causing most of your symptoms, most of your, of your discomfort. Once, and that we would normally deal with either surgically or, or whatever uh, choice of intervention that we use. But once we've done that, once we've dealt with that problem, we still have to manage you further. And managing further means controlling your risk factors, weight loss, eating healthily, using compression stockings, exercise. All of that comes into play so that we can manage your vein problem thereafter. Yes, you know, it's unlikely we're going to cure you of a problem the same way that we can't cure you of your coronary artery disease. By putting in a stent in there, it's not curing you of the problem. It's dealing with that blockage that's there right now. Your ongoing comorbidities continue and you'll still have buildup in your arteries later on. So we're not curing a problem, we're managing the problem. I think that's the correct word to use. Um, the issue of cellulitis, and I just want to identify exactly what is that condition. So what cellulitis simply means is an infection of the skin and the structure just below the skin. There's lots of causes for cellulitis. For example, if you get a cut on your leg and bacteria goes into there, that will end up being a cellulitis. So cellulitis just refers to an infection in the skin. Now, one of the problems with uh, uh, venous insufficiency and varicose veins, if, I, if we use that term, is that it damages the skin around the, the leg and ankle. And because its skin is damaged, it's prone to cuts and breaks and, and bacteria getting into the skin. So this, this, this condition of chronic venous insufficiency makes you more prone to developing recurrent infections. And often, you know, by the time patients come to see you, it, it, it's far advanced in the disease. So they already have the damaged skin, the, 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 the discolored skin, the hardened skin. And the, 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 the chance of them getting recurrent infections in the skin is quite high. Um, so what we're trying to do now, and which is part of, part of the, 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 the awareness our society wants to instill in people, is to try and not for us not to get to that stage, not to get to the stage where we already have skin damage, where we already have the discoloration. We want to try and get in very early, where you're simply having the symptoms of achiness and heaviness in the leg. That is the aim of of of, of the society. Hmm. Um. I'm just going through my list here. So, um, right. So I think the Judy Naidu then said, you know, had a, a lot of surgeries, uh, veins were stripped, precautions are being taken. 
but in the past six months, the left leg seems to be giving us some sort of an issue. Comes back to what you said then about management, you're always going to have an ailment like this, right? So we've identified that. What does one do then when this happens? So, again, uh, it's difficult for me to comment on a particular case, but if you find that you are starting to have symptoms again, then you should go and see your, your vascular specialist, uh, your, your vascular surgeon, who who will then do a scan for you, assess what the veins are looking like, see if there has been any recurrence, and try and address that recurrence early. If we can deal with the veins early enough, then we'd have less complications later on. Um, so my advice to all would be, you know, go see your nearest vascular surgeon, let him do an assessment of the of your leg, see if this new vein that's, that's coming up needs to be treated, and have it treated. Stockings, uh, vascular stockings was something that came up, and I don't know what, what that is. So for those who don't know what vascular stockings are, firstly, what are they? And some tips then for those who actually do use them and how best to you know, get the most out of this uh, health tool. So vascular stockings or surgical compression stockings are, are a major part of the way we treat uh, uh, venous disease, venous and lymphatic disease for that matter. And what it is, is basically like a normal stocking that you would use, but much, much tighter. So the aim of the stocking is to compress the tissues such that you don't get swelling in the leg. Uh, the, the, the stockings can be various lengths. They can go up to just below your knee, just, a, just above the knee, up to your thigh, or a full pantyhose that goes right up to your stomach. The, the basic principle, again, is compress the tissues, such that there's no leakage of fluid into the surrounding tissues. If there's no leakage of fluid, then you prevent the complications from happening, the pain, the swelling, the discoloration, the, the tissue breakdown. The, the, the important thing when it comes to, to using uh, surgical compression stockings is, is the stockings have to be fitted for you, which means you have to see an appropriate person who will measure the stockings for you, for your leg. You can't often have patients who tell me, oh, my sister has a pair of stockings, I think I'll take her stockings. That, that simply doesn't work. It has to be measured for your leg. The second thing is you need to put those stockings on first thing in the morning. So patients will find when they wake up first thing in the morning, their legs are still great, They're small, no swelling, nothing. That's the time to put the stockings on because you want the legs to be maintained at that at that. With, with, with no swelling in the leg. The third thing is that these stockings have to be replaced. They're elastic stockings, which means they stretch. So after three to six months, especially if you're using the stockings every day, they have to be changed. They, you have to get new stockings. They are unfortunately very, very expensive, and often people can't afford to replace them every three to six months, but that is ideally what we would recommend. Yeah, I just, you know, I think we're going to end off by talking about that cost factor. But, but if you say this is a lifelong sort of handling of the condition, then imagine yeah. the cost factor associated with it. Okay, well, we are talking to Dr. Vinesh Padiachi. He's the uh, specialist vascular surgeon and he's one of the founding members of the SA Lymphatic Venous Disease Society. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we go back to WhatsApp. Some of your voice notes are there. And I do want to go through some text messages to uh, take the conversation forward. Stay tuned. Maggie, what's wrong? You look beyond frazzled. 
Ay, Naledi, you know, just crazy busy between home, work and the kids. I don't know whether I'm coming or going. Oh, I don't even know when I'll be able to go queue somewhere to pay our TV license. Wait, you mean to tell me you still intend to go queue to pay your TV license? Yes. Let me show you a better, faster way. All you need to do is visit tvlic.co.za, select the fast pay option and you should be done in less than three minutes. Convenient and time saving. Seriously? You mean I can get that done on my smartphone before the school bell rings with time to spare? Uh-huh. Wow, thank you. TV licenses. Save time by paying online. Hashtag made possible by you. This April, SABC2 is bringing you more. Decentrum is a brand new local Afrikaans telenovela centered in a call center. Whatever your crisis is, the agents are there to help. Thursdays and Friday nights at 6 p.m. What happens when you work with family? We can see all the drama in Access Paza, Thursdays at 9.30 p.m. Test your knowledge about the world's best-selling book, The Bible. The American Bible Challenge starts Sunday, 18 April at 5 p.m. More drama, more laughs, more challenges, more for you. Only on SABC2. Okay, to some of the questions, we go to the text messages that have come through on the program now. Quite a lot. Doctor, let's try and... Uh, we've got about 15 minutes left on the program, um, so not too much of time. Um, about, yeah, just under... Uh, just over 15 minutes, sorry. And we sure. are... Uh, let's try and maybe we could just go um, with these messages briefly as we possibly can. Um, okay. To to give us this sort of sense. Sorry, I'm just having a bit of a technical glitch here. Um, okay, so um, f- the first message comes from Shani, who says, I have fine veins on the back of my knees and around my thigh. Um, and I'm not sure if uh, the veins cause this pain that I'm experiencing. So when you have poor vein health, is leg pain the first sort of you know idea that you're going through a challenge? Yeah, so it it's one of the the symptoms that you would feel. It's it's you you get swelling of your legs and you'll get sort of an achy feeling in your in in your legs and uh, feet towards the end of the day. But also very early on in the day, you can also start by by getting uh, thread veins and spider veins on your on your thighs and your legs and your feet. Uh, so those all spectrums of of venous disease. Uh, the the, the the early onset is just fine little veins to see on your leg. And with time, as it progresses, you start to get more symptoms and, you know, larger veins that will start popping up. Zakira asks, in our community with a high prevalence of diabetes, could the doctor explain venous insufficiency and diabetes? So there's no link specifically between venous insufficiency and diabetes. Uh, so it, if you look at what's the risk factors for you developing uh, venous disease, it's got to do with genetics. So you find that patients who've got varicose veins often find their mom and their grandmoms and grandfathers and sisters all have venous disease. So it gets it gets passed down in families. Obesity is a significant cause of of, of venous disease, and it's also a significant cause of recurrence. Um, age, as we get older. The veins start to weaken and it starts to cause problems. 
And then sedentary lifestyle, so standing, sitting a lot, not doing too much of exercises. And for a lot of us, that's our occupation. It's sitting at a desk or it's standing um, at, at work without doing a lot of, of physical activity. Those are all risk factors for you want to develop uh, a venous insufficiency. But when it comes to diabetes and, and venous disease, the link is more that, for example, if you have an ulcer on the leg, the chance of you getting that ulcer infected is, is very high if, you, if you're diabetic because your immune system is now de- uh, 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 depressed. So that ulcer is more likely to become infected and it's more likely to spread from there, from the ulcer uh, uh, developing into abscesses and you developing cellulitis and things like that. So the diabetes and venous disease is not specifically linked, but the one can worsen the other. Yeah. Um, and here's Sardis from Stangerman. I think we've spoken about this. Um, I have a problem with my legs. I have bad veins. And if I stand a lot, it feels heavy. I think you've just touched on that. Um, so, you know, battling with, 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 with cramping and swelling. So I think definitely, Sardis, it sounds as if you do have that condition or rather you are having some sort of challenge with your uh, venous health and you should then seek a sort of intervention to try and assist it. Ramba Murli from Phoenix says, um, will spider veins have effect later on in life? And also, doctor, could you explain what fi- spider veins are? So spider veins are, are just fine veins that you have throughout your leg. Um, they don't specifically have uh, cause a problem except cosmetic, uh, you know, in that they, they may look a little bit bad. In some instances, as they enlarge, they may they may become painful, in which case it's it's it's, it's quite easy to treat it. We'll just go and inject it with pharmaceutical therapy. Generally, you know, if you're starting to have spider veins, it, it's likely that as time goes by, it will progress and you will start to develop further uh, venous complications. But spider veins on its own are not really a, a, a significant problem except for cosmetic reasons. Yeah, yeah. Marlini asks, I have a problem with my feet. It burns and aches day and night. It's really bad, intolerable at times. Uh, there's discolor and small lumps under my skin. What causes this? Again, it, it's difficult for me to, to diagnose something over the phone. Uh, you know, burning and pain in the feet can have lots and lots of causes from diabetes to a spine problem to varicose veins. Um, but like I said, when, when it comes to venous disease, what you'll often find is that the symptoms tend to get worse when you're on your feet. So when you get up in the morning, it's relatively okay. But as the day progresses, you find the heaviness and the pain and the swelling tends to get progressively, progressively worse. So by the time you come to the evening, the legs almost feel like lead. That leads to a question, doctor, just asked by Saroj, who says, um, you know, my legs are very painful after a long day on my feet. Um, But she adds that, um, I'm just going through the message, during the day, even though I'm on my feet, I don't get the pain. But when I go to bed, that's when the pain hits me. So I, I know you're suggesting that obviously you cannot make full and foolproof diagnosis on, on cases here. But just yeah. advice, you know, for, for a person who says, well, in the day it doesn't pain so much, but as soon as the evening sets in and I go to bed, the pain starts. So any idea on that? 
So often, uh, you know, patients, because uh, especially working, you know, they, they're so busy, they tend to forget that they're having pain. They ignore it. They carry on the work. They do their work. And only when they get home and they're resting and they, you know, put their feet up, they, they now sort of experience the pain. So, you know, it's difficult for me to say, yes, it's a vein problem or not. But generally, that's, that's, uh, you find it quite often that the patients will work the entire day and only when they come home or when they're resting towards the evening that they start to experience symptoms. Anonymous in Peter Maritzburg says, I've been diagnosed with venous thrombosis in the brain. The neurologist prescribed a blood thinner for three years now. I'm not confident with the treatment. Any advice could you provide on how to check up on that? Well, again, you know, it, it, it's difficult for me to, to comment on specific cases, but generally with thrombosis, we would treat it with a blood thinner. And if the cause of that thrombosis can't be reversed, then they would continue with lifelong uh, 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 lifelong treatment with their blood thinner. Uh, Hussein from Pineton says, I have pain on my left elbow for about two months. Um, yeah, I think you should just definitely check that out, Hussein, if you've got that pain from your elbow. It could be a whole host of things, you know, not necessarily related um, to um, to a diagnosis that, that that we can make right now, but definitely, I think any sort of pain should not be loved. So you should definitely go and have that checked out at your GP. Uh, Zareen from Cape Town says, I have thrombosis for 25 years. I'm on a blood thinner tablet, uh, five milliliters daily, and sometimes 7.5. Um, it's a very unfriendly tablet and can't be taken with many other tabs. Is there any other type of treatment besides this tablet, which also uh, needs fortnightly tests on how thick or thin the blood is. It's a very costly situation. So yes, treatment options, doctor. Let's let's try and incorporate that into Zareen's uh, questions. You know, what are the treatment options? You said yeah. blood thinners. She's talking there about a tablet that she's been taking. Right. Uh, what are some of the treatment options? So uh, from what it sounds like, it sounds like she's on a, a tablet called Warfarin. Um, the problem with warfarin is exactly as she said, in, it interacts with a lot of other drugs, a lot of foods, um, and you have to monitor your your blood counts to make sure that you're getting the correct dose of warfarin. Warfarin is one of the older treatments that we have. It's been around for years and years and years. There are much newer treatments, which you simply pop a pill and you don't have to monitor your your uh, your levels. You don't have to worry about drug or food interactions too much. The only problem with that is it does it is more expensive, um, and a lot of the medical aids, especially, wouldn't fund that unless you have some reason why you can't take warfarin. If you know if you're funding it yourself and you know you have the finances, then certainly that that often is is is, is a better choice to take. Uh, simply because you know you don't have to worry about monitoring your levels or what you're eating and things like that. We've got um, a lot of questions that are coming through. Rani, of course, asked about you know the skin and the ankle area. We did touch on that. Suren is also asking about uh, what causes varicose veins. I spent a lot of time talking about that. And um, so Sadie Kandan says, my grandmother has varicose veins and um, vein ulcers, whereby the wound is open and it's not drying. And she's tried various medications and ointments, um, but none seems to be helping. Um, is there anything you can do 
with regard to this, and she's uh, it's also affecting her dialysis treatment. So, you know, I think I think this is an important question, doctor, because you mentioned that this is a lifelong sort of treatment process that mm. is going to go on. So, um, when you have a situation like this of of an ulcer that's not healing, affecting other types of treatment that the patient has going on, um, how complicated does it become? It is very complicated. And that's one of the reasons why we want to treat patients before they ever end up in that situation where they have an ulcer. And ulcer is the final stage of chronic venous insufficiency. And we don't want to see patients with ulcers, but unfortunately we do. And there's always a reason why the ulcer is not healing. And often it's that they still have an underlying leakage from the veins. So they still have some element of venous insufficiency which hasn't been addressed, which is not allowing that ulcer to heal up. There could be other reasons the ulcer is not healing up in that it's infected or it's not being appropriately managed in terms of dressings, but probably the most likely cause is that there's there's some underlying varicose veins that haven't been addressed which are preventing that ulcer from healing up. So, um, so many questions coming through. A lot of them, um, I have to say, and and the, and and it's really the lines are just just really lighting up. And and I love this. I love providing you the opportunity um, at points in in the various topics and 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 angles of things that we cover here on Newsbreak Talk, specifically on the weekend. I love to give you opportunities and um, you know different sorts of viewpoints and different sorts of conversations to have. But I want to say to a lot of you, the questions that you are asking, if I don't read them out, is because you've already asked them or we've covered them. Um, we'll try and do a brief recap um, with Doctor before he leaves so we can uh, talk about this. Doc, a, a quick one from Percy talking. He says, I'm 65 years and a, psych- um, a cyclist. I have very close veins. Um... No pain whatsoever. I have a reasonable, healthy lifestyle. Should I concern myself about these varicose veins? So I think an interesting um, point here to be asked, doctors, veins and sport, specifically for Percy, who's 65 and cycling. So what we know is that patients who lead a, a, a healthy lifestyle, they do have veins, but they're not symptomatic from the veins. So often you'll find patients, cyclists, runners, who, who present to you with these huge bulges in their leg. But when you ask them further, they have absolutely no symptoms. Um, and that's because what we found is that when you start to develop the calf muscle, that acts as a pump. It acts as a pump to clear blood from the legs up into the heart. So patients who are fit, who are active, who lead a, a, you know, a, a healthy lifestyle, do have veins, but they're not symptomatic for them, from them. In Percy's case, what I would recommend or suggest is to have the veins uh, addressed simply because of the cosmetic and potential uh, bleeding risk. So, you know, if you've got a big bulge of veins sticking out and you suddenly get cut or knocked on there, it can start bleeding and things like that. But not purely because he's having symptoms from the veins. Um, and, and because our current therapies are so minimally invasive, you know, it's it's we can do this as a day procedure. We can do this in our rooms. It, it it's not like previously where you had to go into hospital and stay for a week in hospital. Um, it's our interventions are so minimally invasive now that we can deal with most of these problems as an outpatient even. Yeah. 
Okay, I think I'm just going to go with two more questions before we do a, a wrap here. Again, apologies to you if I've not been able to take your direct um, particular query. Um, Anonymous says, I want to know about my feet and underfoot. It's very dry. And uh, I want to know the impact there. And um, sings is restless leg syndrome. Um, has that anything to do with veins? I've been a long-distance runner and a fitness fanatic for over 30 years. I'm a female and 63 years old. Is there a solution? What is restless leg syndrome, though, doctor? So restless leg syndrome is something completely different. That's more of a neurological uh, condition, um, and it's normally managed by the, the neurologist. Uh, that's not really related to varicose veins or venous insufficiency and such. Um, you know, they, those patients usually have this chronic type of pain, uh, especially when they address and things like that. Um, that it's more of a medical uh, treatment for that. Um, in terms of the person who had the dry soles and dry bottom of the foot, that that again is not it's not a, a venous or lymphatic problem. But the sounds of it, it sounds like it could be diabetes, uh, where they often end up with, with, with dry skin on the bottom of the feet and starts to crack. Yeah. Um, so, again, apologies. So much of messages that have come through here. Um, we are going to wrap up. I'm sorry if we've not been able to take your um, your question you know, directly. Um, did get a question here saying, why are we discussing this Um you know, this is something we should be discussing in another show, not on Newsbreak. Um, I just want to say, and I said this at the beginning of the program, that um, I feel I really want to give you a variety of topics. So that is why sometimes you talk about recipes in Rasam, and sometimes you talk about mother language, sometimes you talk about politics, sometimes you talk about corruption, sometimes you talk about health. I just really want to give you a whole sort of different spectrum of things to discuss and talk about so that is why i wanted to talk about this particular issue specifically with the launch of the sa lymphatic venous disease society the first of its kind in south africa i felt it was novel so i really hope that um you know i managed to provide you with some insight having said all of that dr vinesh padiachi to wrap it up now a lot of people are providing a lot of symptoms that they're having First point of call, and I wanted to spend some time on risk factors, but we weren't able to do so. So let's skip that. Maybe for another day, we can talk about how to go about just being healthier to ensure that you don't have a, a venous issue. But what is the first point of call if you feel that your veins are not healthy? So if you think you have a problem with your veins, you know, your first point of call should be your, your, your general practitioner will do an assessment for you. And if he feels that, yes, this is a vein problem, then he'll refer you on to a uh, 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 a vascular specialist who would deal with faint and, 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 and be able to hopefully sort your problem out. Yeah. Well, Dr. Vinesh Padiachi from the SA Lymphatic Venous Disease Society, I think it was great to connect with you. Thanks for the insight. Um, there's still quite a lot of issues. I mean, I obviously wanted to answer the questions. Um, yeah. Just a quick one, doctor, because this came through just in 30 seconds. Numbness of the feet associated with poor circulation, does that also have an impact on poor vein health? Uh, no. Quick answer. No. <laughs> quick no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, doctor, we'll leave it there with you. Thanks so much for that, and we'll I look forward to staying in touch with you. All right. Thank you very much. That was Dr. Vinesh Padiachi there talking to us about vein health. We leave the program now right over there. Um, again, apologies, we've not taken your issue directly. Uh, the broadcast came away courtesy of the team, executive producer Salma Patel, Rachel Vadi. The team's going to be talking to you between 6 and 7 tomorrow morning. From me, Tadesh, hey, have an awesome day.
Newsbreak, Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.